Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I am truthfully glad that you guys decided to join us today. I've got one of the program men who's uh, not just a program man. Uh, I love these guys, you know, and and my friend here, and I hope he will always be my friend, has been going through the program. Uh, his nickname is Nacho, and that's what he likes to be called. So, uh, first of all, uh, Nacho, thank you for coming down this way. Thank you as well. Uh, it's an honor for you to, offer, you know, ask me to come and uh, no. be able to share with uh, you and others uh, my experiences. And uh, There's a lot of you out there that are going through a lot of things. A lot of you are suffering because of the COVID virus. Jobs have been lost. All kinds of things are going on. It may feel hopeless to you. You know, as many of you know, and we're not going to talk about it today, but as many of you know, uh, my wife uh, got COVID and she she went home to be with the Lord. And I was in the hospital for 10 days uh, with the COVID virus as well. But it wasn't just me and it wasn't just Olga, but my friend Nacho here went through that too. He had the COVID virus and he's got relatives that, that have them. His daughter has it now, right, Nacho? Oh, yes. I was, and I guess uh, I was one of the first ones to catch it, you know, so it was kind of an experience. Uh, it was kind of scary at first, you know, I didn't know where I was, I was going to go with this, but uh, thank God God seen me through it. You know, uh, that's something that we all need to realize, that God is in control of all things. And God has sent us to do a job. And as Charles Stanley always liked to say, uh, he said, do, do obey God and leave the consequences to him. And so consequently, you know, we did the job that God had called us to do. And some of us got the COVID virus and and some of us came through it. But so... Nacho, what made you actually come to the Union Gospel Mission? How did you even know about us? So it was by grace. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I'm going to be honest, I was serving uh, a term mm-hmm. in county jail, and uh, I was able to meet Pastor Joe Chang. Oh, yeah, Joe, yeah. And so he would come in there every weekend or twice a week, I mean, once a week. And uh, and so we, as as time went by, he would mention uh, the Union Gospel Mission, and uh, I'm like, you know, I might try to go there when I get out of this place, you know. And so, uh, by it was a miracle that I was able to write my DA and my lawyer and ask if I can go over there, and and go to this program instead of doing my time there. And so, uh, God opened these doors for me. It was a miracle. I didn't think uh, I was going to be able to, you know. I already had served 24 months, and I still had 24 to go. And on my last 20 months, he says, you know, I'm going to allow you to go finish this 20 months. And if uh, you succeed this program, you're going to open the door for others. And uh, and so, you know, she had told me that she has never allowed anybody to go in the 20 years that she's been a DA. And so I felt that it was God touching her heart and uh, opening these doors for me. Yeah, me too. Let me ask you something. 
when you came into the program, was it your intention to, I mean, did you want to be there? Yeah, I was already, so I was already kind of serving the Lord inside. I, I would have prayer circles and stuff like that with the brothers. Uh, but uh, I felt a tug in my heart, man, to do more than just uh, be selfish with my life, you know. And uh, and so uh, this uh, God, Union Gospel Mission is an, it's an awesome place. Uh, I don't, I can't understand why people are not uh, just filling this place up. It's it's sad because it's got so much to offer, uh, not just physical uh, food, but spiritual food. Man, I mean, you Amen. we get the classes there. We we have a good brotherhood, and and so you know. Uh, you get to um, really gain so much, you know. The, you come broken, and as time goes by, you start building that man that God created you to be. Amen. You know, so. Well, um, let me ask you: What brought you to the Lord? We know that that uh, God directed your path to bring you to the mission. I don't believe in coincidence or happenstance. I believe that God directs our path, brings who He wants to bring, and does those things. So tell me a little bit about, uh, about you know, what brought you to Christ to begin with. I mean, you weren't always serving God. No, so I was, I was uh, spiritually bankrupt, you know. I, uh, on the streets or you could say inside, I, I ran everything. You know, I ran ins- people inside or I ran people uh, everything outside. I mean, I was a big time, uh, I'm sorry to say this, but I was a big time drug dealer, you know. And it's been my that's been my kind of environment for 25, 30 years, you know. And uh, after a while, you know, you, you've had all you all these materialistic things or businesses, and nothing brings you peace and joy. No, never. You think that money will bring you some peace or joy? And all it brings is more chaos. It does. And so, you know, your friends that you think you have are not really there for that, you know. And so it, you, you start realizing uh, when you're alone, uh, and only God can help can bring comfort to you, you know. And so I'm so thankful that uh, God opened my eyes finally, you know, and uh, He continued to soften my heart. And one of the biggest things is uh, it's not being selfish, you know. I mean, you have to be selfless to be able to uh, uh, just give give of yourself and and uh, and not try to buy someone, you know. And uh, and so this. Like I said, this mission it allowed me to Union Gospel Mission allowed me to have an inventory of myself and and uh, evaluate who I am and what I can do for others. You know. Well, what what first brought you to the Lord? I mean, there there is usually in every believer's life a pivotal moment when they realize what you were saying that there's nothing that's going to bring me happiness and they respond to God's touch in their life. So do you know, Do you, can you recall that moment when you decided you didn't want to do the drinking, the drugging, the other things, and you wanted to serve God? I, so I, like, like I said, I had reached my rock bottom, and uh, I was alone, and, and uh, I needed my family. I, and I know I say I love my family, but we seem to hurt the ones we very, the ones we very love, you know? Oh, yeah. And so I I, did, I seen myself better than that, you know. And I just I I was tired of living that way, and I needed I needed God's guidance, and I needed Him to, uh, you know, uh, just lead me to a new life, you know. And and so, 
the other lifestyle that I had, I mean, I don't know if I, I've, I've explained to you. I've done 28 <clears throat> years in prison. And, no, you did. Yeah. And uh, that environment, you know, you, it doesn't get you nowhere. It just continues to keep you on the blind path. And you think that, you know, when you're in prison, you adjust to it because you have to survive in that kind of environment. But it doesn't, you don't, you don't learn to survive out in the, in the world out here, in our communities. And so I was stuck in that kind of behavior and mindset for so many years that I finally uh, got broke from that. You know, folks, you, you may not realize this, but there's something called becoming institutionalized. And what happens to a lot of guys, and I don't mean Nacho here, but what happens to a lot of guys is just what he said. They start out going to prison when they're young, and they spend a year here, and then they they pull another stretch for 10 or whatever. And before long, they can't survive on the outside. They become institutionalized. They will do things just to get back into prison because it's a hard life, but they tell you when to get up, when to eat, what to do, where are you going. And sometimes if you're back out on the street and you don't have anybody to tell you, get up, get a job, do this, do that, and they just can't handle it on the outside. But the Lord has said those he set free, he set free indeed. Amen, for sure. And so uh, when... When you came to the mission, and I know that it, when you first get there, it's probably not a place you wanted to be once you got there. A lot of guys have trouble with it. I don't know if you did or not. but No, so I came, um, when I came, I was already clean for a while. Yeah. So my mindset was already, I was set to do this, you know, and I was thankful for the opportunities that uh, it has to offer for you. Uh, you know, the working environment, it's not hard. You just it, it helps you to get up every day. I mean, sometimes... Uh, you know, we work eight to sixteen hours if we if we're needed, and I that's where I feel like if I need to volunteer and put my time, I you know to to work to help out in different areas, then I'm so thankful to do it, you know, because I know that I'm giving back. And one of the things that has helped me, uh, Pastor, is giving back to this very same people that I affected when I was doing yeah. my madness, yeah. and so it, it's helping me uh, to cope. And to uh, you know, to have that compassion for these people, and not to uh, and to ha- and not to be victimizing them anymore, but to be have uh, empathy with them, you know. And so when we do that, uh, it just kind of helps us in our recovery at the same time. Did you ever? Did you ever think that you would be helping homeless people? Not really. No, <laughs> I, you know, we we look at things like that, and we don't want to be around someone like that. But yeah, uh, you know yeah. what? Uh, when Christ came, man, he says, I don't come for the well. I come for the sick and those who are lame, you know. And so uh, it just we start having the heart of God in us, and he starts molding us and shaping us into that man that he created us to be. Well, <clears throat> was it a little scary for you to be around all the COVID, uh, you know, because for a while they thought that the homeless were going to be carrying the, the COVID all over the place. And as far as I know, not too many of the homeless actually got it. I didn't hear much about it. No, no. So yeah, we don't really uh, see a lot of them. Uh, we, I mean, I, I haven't really heard of any of them catching it either. But uh, it was kind of a. We don't know how it came in, but we, you know, we did end up getting it. Uh, and so, you know, it was. Uh, I was glad that uh, it didn't really affect us that hard, you know. 
And, uh, you know, even though I have a lot of health issues, I'm thankful that I was able to pull through it. And so, you know, you and I asked a lot of the guys when they come through, has have you caught the COVID? Or, and they said, no, we've been good. And, you know, they're out there with with all the germs or whatever, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't completely understand it. I think maybe part of it is that they're, just by by the fact they live on the street, they're already social distancing, right? They're out, yeah. they're out in the fresh air, and we're coped up in spaces. I don't know, but you know, just so you know, folks, we tried everything we could when uh, the COVID virus started to break out, and Nacho can tell you that we expanded the dorms upstairs so that there was space for the guys. We bought a machine to fog the place. But still, you know, some of us got sick. Yeah. Uh, but it it must have been a little scary in the beginning, huh? Yes, it was. And like I said, uh, you know, like uh, I'm being, I'm 56 years old now, and and so you know, uh, being my age and having the asthma and a few other issues, you know, I thought that was going to affect me a little bit harder. But thank God that I pulled through. And uh, you know, like I said, sorry to hear. About your wife, Pastor, yeah, as always. No, brother. You. And, and uh, we know that they're in a better place. But yeah, thank God that uh, it didn't continue with, we didn't, other family members didn't catch it. You know, uh, we talked a little bit. Uh, Nacho came over with me. We came over together, obviously, and, and uh, we talked a little bit about it. And uh, there was some concern because Nacho got it and then somebody else got it. And, and, you know, I mean, the, the natural thing is to say, just like I did, you know, I brought this home to, to her. However, the reality is God is sovereign and holy, and we can't spend our time second-guessing it. If anybody's to blame, it's, a, it's, it's the communist Chinese. They're the ones <laughs> that did this, not you, right? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, but he has a family. He's concerned about his family. Are, are your family believers? Yes, they are. And as a matter of fact, I have a daughter right now who's got COVID, and she's a church go. You know, she's into the word. Uh, she serves in the, in her church, and uh, and she's got it from her church members. You know, and so yeah. But uh, you know, she's not. She's she lives up there alone in in Washington. But you know, we stay in contact all the time. But God, God willing, she'll get past all this. How old is your daughter? She's twenty six years old. Okay, so yeah. she's at least young. It it doesn't all you know. I thought because I I exercise all the time I eat right I keep Amen. I have I have diabetes but I don't take drugs for it I keep it under control with diet and exercise and I really don't eat very many carbs and I work out every day and I thought wrongly I thought well if I get it it'd probably be something mild yeah. well it wasn't mild I spent ten days in the hospital. They didn't think I was going to make it. But, you know, and at first I would tell people, well, I almost died. But I didn't almost die because God had a time and a date that I'm going home. And until that date and time is there, I'm not leaving. So he knew I wasn't going to go home to be with the Lord at that moment. But so... It's not fatalism. It's just relying on the sovereignty of God and his promises to be with us. Amen. And knowing that if we really were to go home to be with the Lord, it wouldn't be a horrible thing. It would be a good thing. Oh, yes. It's, it's, um, 
You know, and one of the things I was telling you when we were coming up here is that um, we put on the armor of God mm-hmm. and that we're not going to be running scared from a situation, no. you know. No. We give it all to God and he sees us through it. And whether we, we stumbled or we catch something, uh, he, you know, we, we rely on his strength to keep us through it. And, and that's how it is. Uh, we cannot run from something. Uh, the devil's, uh, you know, he's a liar a liar and, and a thief and he tries to come and uh, steal and destroy and, uh, you know, we just got to stand firm on his word. Yeah, you know, I'm just going at the church that I serve in. I'm just going through the armor of God. And uh, each one of the implements of the armor of God, no soldier marches into battle and doesn't take all his armor, right? You, you don't say, hey, I'm not going to need my gun today or I'm not going to need my helmet today or my flak jacket or whatever. And so I'm going through that. And the very first one that we're going to talk about is, is you know, the belt of truth, because you need to, have, to be girded with that truth, right? Yes. Not only do we need to rely on the truth of God, the promises of God, because he has made promises to us. And in all these years, you know how many promises God has broken? <laughs> Probably none. None. That's exactly. Right. So when God says this, this, and this— Come to me, you know, lay down your life before me, and and I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Guess what? He doesn't leave us or forsake us during the worst of times. When I was home, Nacho, by myself, Olga had passed. It was a hard time. You know, nobody could come in. Uh, I was still under, you know, quarantine. I'd just gotten out of the hospital. And I was, you saw the picture of me. I was beat up and I was, here's the key. I, I, was, I was broken, but I wasn't crushed. Uh, we had, and I may have told you guys, I had a psychologist from uh, the, you know, the hospital call and ask if I needed any counseling. I said, no. I said, I'm a pastor and I've, I've got pastors around me. And I told her, I said, but listen, I am unbelievably sad. I said, I'm overwhelmingly sad about the loss of my wife, but I'm not despondent. I said, because God has me in his hands. Amen. And I said, if I wasn't sad after 47 years of marriage, there'd be something wrong with me. But I wasn't broken. I I wasn't crushed. Uh, I miss her every day. I can't help but get misty every time we talk about it. But the bottom line comes down to that I know where she is. I know who has her. I'm relying on the promises of God. Amen. And I'm checking my armor all the time, too. And you said it, that we need to stand. We need to stand firm. And that's one of the things. Romans had, had shoes. And those shoes or sandals had big nails through them so that when they were in a battle, they could sink those nails into the ground and you couldn't move them. Um, they would. They had a. They had a shield. They had two shields. They had a little one, but then they had a great big two by four foot shield that they would link together with their buddies in the combat. And so when the flaming arrows, like in the three hundred, you know, right. you saw that movie. Yes. When those big arrows come sailing over, they could interlock those shields in something they called a phalanx, and they would protect each other, including themselves. Yes. We need to do that, right? Of course. 
you know. So I was reading, I was just kind of doing my study on that, and it was that it protected the whole uh, body mm-hmm. from any of the fiery darts that whatever the devil tries to throw, whether physically or spiritually, you know. And so, you know, uh, it, to study the armor of God is an amazing, uh, you know, so that you can learn what what each one does for you, you know. And so we cannot uh, leave without that shield every day, you know. That's right. And so, yeah, when we stay protected, I was uh, thinking about um, when we were, when I was in, when I'm in the mission, you know, I always, uh, I was telling you that, you know, I'm, I'm an ex-addict. And so we're, we're in the front line every day. And, uh, you know, these guys come in loaded or they come oh, in yeah. with stuff. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, we, we have to be strong. And, you know, I, I've seen other brothers fall, you know, and I'm like, man. You know, and it's so simple when they're not when they're not suited and booted, as I would say. Yep. Or, and uh, or you know, having the whole armor of God, how easy it is you could fall. You know, and and uh, and uh, and so I'm just thankful that you know we, one of the things that I tell people is that we have to be in this community that you cannot do it alone. As you were saying right now, that you know they came together to put their shields together in the same way with us. We have to be able to come together and rely on each other and come for one another. And, and so that none of us will fall alone, you know. Well, you've uh, you've seen a, a snake's scales, right? right? They overlap like shingles on a roof, right? Yes. Again, though, and you were keying in on it when you said that you know we have the great big shield to protect us from the fiery darts of the evil one, right? Yes. But when we put our shields together and overlap them, we're helping to protect each other. Amen. And so. Nobody goes through the Christian walk without relying on his brothers and sisters. It's not, there's no secret agent Christian guys. You know, we are a community of people, a family of God, and we need to rely on each other. And we need to know that God has has us in his hands. You know what? When the children of Israel marched around the city seven times, (laughs) you know, they thought, well, okay, but here's what they knew. They knew that God had told them to do it, so that was the end of the question. Okay, we'll do it. doesn't make any sense to me. But often the things that we do and that God has called us to from a physical standpoint don't seem to make much sense, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, you, you made thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, and you had stuff, but you also said— it never brought you peace, and it never brought you happiness, right? Yeah, it didn't. And so I, I wanted to tell you that it wasn't. I, w- I was so used to being in control of my own environment that to rely on God's strength mm-hmm. or His protection or His uh, peace, it was that was probably one of the hardest things for me, you know, uh, yeah. to come into Christ because oh, yeah. to put my trust in something that I, I cannot see, and so I'm used to being able to okay. I'm not going to buy this or do this unless I can see what's going on, you know? Well, I tell you what, uh, we're going to do another show, so I would like you guys to stay tuned next week. Uh, Well, you don't have to stay tuned all the way till next week, but tune back in uh, because we're running out of time. But I want to to, uh, keep my friend Nacho here, and we want to talk about some of these things because that is one of the problems out in the world, isn't it? People— not relying on each other in Christ, right? They, yeah. they go their own way. So we've only got a couple of uh, seconds left. Uh, so uh, Nacho, anything quick? I before? just want to thank you guys for who is out there listening. Uh, th- thank you for all the, you know, just uh, 
don't give up on, on God and, and trust in God. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.